Dude, where'd she dump you, man? Her car. Uh, Your car? Dissed in the mouth. all these trailers give everything away that was literally the entire movie in order in two minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god these trailers <laughs> what's going on guys welcome to movie matters i'm kevin i'm jake and today we're talking about say anything from 1989 directed by cameron crow john cusack ioni sky um i love this movie i've seen it a handful of times Jake, what'd you think? Uh, so yeah, this is my first time seeing it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, out of the four that we've watched uh, this month, this is my second favorite. Um, I think When Harry Met Sally is my favorite of of these four that we watched. Um, yeah, I was I was really taken by surprise at a lot of the parts in this movie. Um, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I, it was, uh, not, not, I mean, it was like kind of what I was expecting, but also like not at all was that what I was expecting. So yeah, it was, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. So yeah, it's really good. I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm a big fan of coming of age, uh, teen movies, high school movies, college movies, but like the question of growing up is huge in this movie. And I love movies mm-hmm. like that because, you know, no one knows what the heck they want to do in life for the most part. And this movie questions that, especially with Lloyd Dobler, John Cusack's character of, you know, what are you going to do after high school? You know, are you going to go to college? Are you going to get a job? What are you going to do? And that, mm-hmm. like, existential crisis is huge in this movie. And I love that theme in these types of movies. And it's really, really, this movie just feels real. Yeah, I I think um I was a little worried having 16 candles immediately followed by this um because I going into both of them blind I thought that they were almost the same exact movie um but Ooh. that's not really <laughs> the case at all. Um I think in a lot of ways they're like polar opposites. Um Agreed. 16 candles is very much focused on uh, the themes of being in high school and dealing with high school, uh, where this movie is about looking to the future after high school while being in high school, um, which are very different kind of uh, things to have to deal with at like 18 or or 16 or whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like this this movie reminds me a lot of like particularly the end of Ferris Bueller where everyone's just kind of like I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and like, you know, those kinds of themes uh I think in the late 80s are like very um common and like uh cuz like it, the 
all the all the people that started watching those movies in like 1984 or 1983 are now basically graduating high school at the end of the 80s or whatever and they're all dealing with those same kind of problems um so i think it's kind of cool uh to to get to see those two different perspectives back to back um yeah yeah i agree i think and i kind of mentioned it in, in 16 candles i was like this this will be a good contrast to mm-hmm. to 16 candles um i mean we we talked about it we didn't care too much for 16 candles but like this movie is just oh it's so good i, I don't know i just I've, I've seen it a handful of times and i love it every time um mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, I mean, just, you you made you made the point that this movie is very real, um, yeah. and I I talked in the Sixteen Candles episode about how that movie's kind of a fantasy, um, in a lot of ways, and I think yeah. that's also the biggest contrast between them, um, and I think also why I enjoyed Say Anything a bit more, um, is because it is very very uh realistic in the way that like everyone's portrayed like there's not a whole bunch of like super witty dialogue that's like not natural and like um there's not a whole lot of like overcompensating in like the the scenarios that people are in or like the acting or like it's it's all very um Like it's it's almost like very run of the mill, but it's like compelling. Oh yeah, well I I love it's there's you know obviously it's a romantic story, it's a romantic comedy, it's about you know John Cusack, who's Lloyd Dobler, and Ione Sky, who's Diane Court, but it's also like a it's it's three main characters in this movie. Like the dad is such a such a central figure in that, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's been so prominent in the last three movies we've done is the yep. father figure. And this movie obviously is huge with the father figure. And I like that. He, he isn't just a secondary character. He's a main character and he's got problems too. And it affects yeah. the whole story. Um, and that, that it, it just, it feel again, it feels natural. It feels real. It's like, everybody has issues, you know what I mean? And nobody's perfect Mm -hmm. and it adds to the drama and the, uh, and the storyline. And it's, it's told really well. And it's impressive because it's the directorial debut of Cameron Crowe and he wrote this movie too. So, um, Mm -hmm. like 16 candles, that was Hughes's directorial debut. It's interesting to see the two different styles of, of debuts from these directors. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to touch on, the like father daughter relationships in these movies, obviously when Harry met Sally doesn't apply. Cause like they were adults yeah. like the whole time, but um, <laughs> in uh, I almost said roadhouse, but not roadhouse um, dirty <laughs> dancing. Uh, you know, the, the relationship between um, Jennifer Gray's character and her, her father in the movie is um, almost like neutral like she's kind of like almost ignored like by the family in like a lot of ways. I feel like, um, like maybe it's like borderline like adversarial, but it's not like they hate each other or anything like that. Um, 
And then uh, in 16 Candles, the movie starts out very much where uh, her and her dad are kind of indifferent. And then the bond slowly grows throughout the movie until we get, you know, those scenes that we talked about um, where you know, like they have the heart to heart. And then the end where he kind of like gives his like nod of approval of like, go enjoy yourself and, and like stuff, you know, um, which is cool. Um, and say anything uh, I was expecting based on the opening scenes nothing to really change um and it's actually about the like implosion of <laughs> their relationship um which was very uh surprising to me um i was not expecting that at all especially because the dad uh is um marty crane from fraser um yeah. and is is not uh like kind of scummy person that he is in this movie like once you find out what he's doing um so that was a little <laughs> jarring for me too <laughs> he's so good in this oh. movie john mahoney yeah he's very good um yeah. and like it's it's very uh it's very deceiving the 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 beginning like through the the early parts of the movie where he's interacting with diane versus the end where you find out, you know, what he's been doing. Um, it's like very, very, uh, although he doesn't really, he doesn't become like mean or like he, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Cause like his personality doesn't really change. It's just the information you know about him. And then it kind of like casts him in this like very sinister kind of light, um, which is also yeah. interesting and really well handled, I think, in in the writing. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because it's like she the dynamic changes, which you've kind of mentioned. And it's, you know, it's her her and her dad that are inseparable and you know, her mom's out of the picture and I like that little scene where she goes to dinner with her or lunch with her mom and, you know, she meets her mom's, you know, boyfriend or whatever. And it's like, it's just like kind of the throwaway, like, oh, okay. Like this, my mom isn't as, you know, loving as my dad. And it just, it paints mm -hmm. the dad in a better picture and he's just right. like so supportive of her. Um, and yeah, the dynamic's great, but then it changes over time where, he, you know, starts to get investigated for, uh, you know, what, like fraud, like stealing money from his his elderly uh, yeah. people at his. It's uh, basically tax fraud, I think. Yeah. Because um, like he's, yeah, he's like skimming money from the residents of his like nursing home, and not claiming it as income. Um. I think. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah. And then, you know, obviously she starts not spending as much time with him and starts spending time with Lloyd. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's interesting to see that dynamic. And then it changes again. And she's like, look, I need to spend time with my dad. And she breaks up with him. And then it goes back the other way. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I, 
I absolutely love John Cusack's acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's so like vulnerable and shy and awkward, and his facial expressions like he's just he's so good. He like as funny as this sounds, like he Shia LaBeouf in Disturbia reminds me of this like character, like Lloyd, mm. like a Lloyd Dobler character, and it just it's such a well written and acted character. And Cusack does such a good job with him. And yeah, yeah I I agree. He's he's very very good. Um, and like even his like um, you can tell like his delivery and handling of the dialogue is just like really well done. And like he adds something to like every every scene that I don't think you would have gotten from another actor um it's just yeah he he i don't he has like a certain presence in the movie that's like it's not overpowering and it but it's very impactful agreed agreed it yeah he's just i think i don't know it's like it's such it's his like it's his breakthrough movie for sure and obviously mm-hmm. the scene with him holding up the boom box is like iconic, but it's, it's funny because like rewatching that scene, it's such a short scene. Yeah. So that's very quick. Every one of these movies has had an iconic scene. And I think in almost every instance, that iconic scene is mishandled in like every, um, like, cultural reference that it's like you know used in because like um, we talked about nobody puts baby in the corner is like the dumbest thing ever um, (laughs) but it's like so iconic Um, we talked about the uh, the birthday cake in 16 candles which is like the end of the movie Um, and then the the scene with the boom box and um it's not Phil Collins. It's the other guy. Um, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel uh, playing <laughs> In Your Eyes. Um, Great song. That all, to me, again, like, I've never seen this movie, I but I obviously know of that scene. Yeah. My impression through, like, cultural references and stuff was that's how he wins back the girl. But that's not at all what that scene is. It's just him standing no. in the rain with the boom box and then she the, like ignores him and he leaves. I was like, yeah. "Oh, like that's like why is that so iconic then?" Like it's I mean, it's it's a great scene, but like Yeah. I always thought that was like the big romantic gesture that like wins over the girl, like but like yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> now, think about it from like the context like now. What if you did that to a girl? Wouldn't they think it's kind of stalkerish? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd be annoying. <laughs> Trying to sleep and yeah. just playing a loud ass music. Like, turn that shit down. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Especially Peter Gabriel. Jesus. No. You don't I'm like Peter kidding. Gabriel? I'm oh, just kidding. I, <laughs> I love that song. That song's great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, that, and this is another movie with a good soundtrack. Um, oh, yeah. Great soundtrack. It's. It's hard to do a bad soundtrack in the 80s, I feel like. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, I do appreciate that he wears a class shirt in a lot of this movie, too. I was a big fan of that. Well, you know, speaking of creepy, I mean... What if you're so, what if it was like the wrong house and you see some dude in like a trench coat holding a boombox over his <laughs> <Yeah>. head? Like <laughs> the trench coat is kind of creepy. I'll, it I'll, is, but I'll it's give cool that too. One, I, mean, I don't know. It's like his style. I don't yeah, know. he's kind of like a loner, you know. Well, yeah, it's like it's kind of like he's got like kind of a grungy kind of style. Yeah, it's like boxer. He loves you know playing the guitar, like rock yeah. music. Well, it's like it's like punk. Yeah, but it's. But he's also trying to pretend like he's an adult. So like the like <laughs> oh the you know, left open like sloppy trench coat is like this like it's kind of punk, but also at the same time you can tell that he's like trying to pretend like he's an adult and like trying to impress uh Diane's dad and stuff, which is kind of funny. But Yeah, the scene where he like doesn't get interrogated but thinks he's being interrogated when he first yeah. meets the dad is like really awesome and he's like you know I'll have her home by 10 o'clock and you know I'm, I don't drink I'm an athlete I kickbox and all that stuff I love that scene because he's just like yeah. it's just like it's awkward but it's like he's like preemptively being like cool I'm gonna overcome all this and it's just like it's kind of not needed but it's hilarious and it's just yeah. it's, it really lends to his character mm-hmm <laughs> Um, yeah. And speaking yeah. of 10 o'clock, they're like 10 o'clock. It's like 10 in the morning is what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. You, there's like, like several times in the movie. They're like, I'll be back before dawn. And like, I was watching <laughs> this with my wife and she's like, I don't know how I missed that before, but like, <laughs> we're not doing that with our kid. Like, <laughs> no, like that's, that was wild. Like, like, yeah, that's wild to me that that was, yeah maybe common at the time. I don't know, but like, yeah. yeah. And they go to the party and they, they like, I don't think she like doesn't drink, but like he drinks yet. He's driving. I don't know. It's interesting. And they're like all underage and like, it's this giant rager and there's no cops. I mean, that's probably, I know we talked about it being a real movie. That might be the <coughs> only unrealistic one, but yeah. Also who knows in the late eighties, if like no one gave a shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also like a graduation party. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, 80s were a wild time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, like, that party scene is, is great because that's, there's a lot of, uh, like, funny, funny aspects to it. Like, that one dude with, like, the kind of mohawk who's, like, looking in the mirror and he's like, Oh God! <laughs> and he, gets, he just gets hammered, and he's the only one that's like left at the party, and he's just like throwing up on the toilet. Um, and then Jeremy Piven's cameo kind of character in it, he's yeah. you know that drunk dude, and like uh, he's awesome in that. And you know, there's a lot of Chicago actors in this movie, and you know, we've said it before. Jake and I are both. Well, I'm originally from Chicago. I don't live in Chicago, but Jake still lives in Chicago, uh, the suburbs at least, and. There's a lot of cool Chicago actors in this movie. Um, you know, Cusack's born and raised in Evanston, and I think same as Piven, and I think John Mahoney's also from Chicago. Like, like there's a ton of ton of cool Chicago actors, and you know, that's hey Chicago, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which is also why I thought that this was a Hughes movie because mm, Hughes movies okay. are always Chicago centric. Yeah. But, okay, I get um, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, 
yeah, the, the party scene is fun. Um, it's not nearly as wild as the party scene from 16 candles. Um, no, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's still pretty, <laughs> pretty much a rager. Um, yeah, <laughs> they have the like chicken guy that gets like mauled or whatever, like, <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely one of those time capsule kind of things where, like, then none of that is like allowed at all in any capacity anymore, <laughs> and like, um, yeah, people would be like horrified if like you let your child just like roam around until dawn, like with a random boy, like nowadays. <laughs> I know. So it's so wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, you know, just, they're, like, walking, and he pushes the glass aside, which is, like, shows he's a gentleman, I like that, and then he drops her off, and she, like, hugs him, and he's like, oh, I'll call you, like, you know, call me tomorrow, he's like, today's tomorrow, I I love that, and then Mm -hmm. he's celebrating in the street, which is adorable and hilarious, and... It's just cool because you see their relationship grow, and it's just I don't know. It's just it's such a good movie. <laughs> um, I like you know the whole breakup scene is intense and sad and like you feel mm-hmm. for him and like the fact that she actually gives she's like she gives him that pen that her dad gives to her, yeah. and she's like never in a million years would I give him a pen and she gives him a pen you know, to write her when she's in England for her fellowship. But then I never realized this until, and this, I'm probably a fucking idiot for not realizing this, but like she gives the same pen to her dad at the end. Yeah. And that's like a great, it's a baton toss. Literally the pen mm-hmm. is the baton of like, Hey, like you told me to, you know, break up with him in a sense. And, you know, I trusted you and you've kind of betrayed my trust and now I'm giving you the pen so you can write me from fucking prison, which is horrible, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's a cool yeah. role reversal. Right. And like, I, I think it's, you know, we, we, you talked about the, the back and forth between Lloyd and her dad and like which one she prioritizes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and like getting closer to the end where, um, we find out about the financial crimes, you know, that the dad is involved in, um, his behavior does become more manipulative and like, it's very subtle, but he does start to like pull her away from Lloyd in like very small ways. Um, or at least he's not as, supportive as he used to be. Um, yeah. and like the pen is a good example where, you know, she's saying like, I don't know what I want to do. And he's like, well, just give him this pen. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he kind of like brushes Lloyd away, like almost like dismisses the thought. And then is like, here, just like have this little like consolation relationship with him, you know, go to England and do, all these things that like we worked for like our whole lives, you know? Um, yeah. Which is also like a very manipulative kind of 
uh, thing is that like, it's not just her dreams, it's his dreams for her, you know, and like that kind of thing. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, again, like really, really, uh, helps to highlight the breakdown of their relationship. Um, and like that ultimate like implosion when she finds out that he has been, you know, stealing from these people. Um, and I think it makes it even worse that he says he was doing it for her. Um, you know, and she's like, I never asked for any of this, you know? Um, yeah. And like, that's kind of the ultimate betrayal, I think. Um, especially given how transparent she is with him throughout this entire, the entire movie and the entire relationship with Lloyd. Yeah. And there, you know, her and her dad's relationship is all about honesty and they're always telling each other the truth. Like she even tells him (laughs) like, Oh, I slept with Lloyd, which is a pretty, pretty crazy thing to tell your parents. Like I just had sex with this dude. Um, (laughs) you know, obviously they, they're in a relationship. Uh, but like, it's interesting because, the, it's the dad is also just being a dad, if you think about it. Like he obviously yeah, wants yeah. what's best for his daughter, and he's trying to be be realistic. Like she's like he's like you know is Lloyd gonna drop everything and go to fucking England with you? And which he does, and he is, which is cool. Yeah. And it's like their relationship is going to stand the test of time. It sounds like, and you know that's where he they're having that kind of fight in the kitchen, and he asks like you know, do you love him? And she's like, yeah, I do love him basically. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, okay. But you know, he, he, he's being realistic, um, to, in, in a sense, but he's also being selfish. And yes. I think he's yeah. being selfish because he's guilty and he knows he's probably going to go to jail, which is crazy to think that because mm-hmm. watching the movie, you're like the dad's innocent, you know? And it, you, you basically believe him, which right. is crazy. And then he ends up being guilty and you're like, holy crap, like I didn't see that coming. Well, and I think that's the the biggest uh, accolade I can give to the writing in this movie is that you are on the same page as Diane throughout the entire movie. And that like bombshell that he actually has been stealing is just as much as a, of is as just as much of a surprise to you as it is to Diane, um, which is just a very, uh, it's such a hard thing to do properly. I think in a movie, um, especially when like there are breadcrumbs throughout the movie that like he is actually guilty of this. Um, they're very subtle, but like, you know, the, the IRS agent that inter- interviews Diane, you know, is like, is there art around the house? Is there expensive furniture? Are things nice, but not too nice? And like, literally all these things are describe exactly like their house and like their lifestyle. And he even says like, are things valued right around $9,000? And that was the price of the jukebox that Lloyd asks about. Um, early on at like the dinner party. Um, so like it, it's, uh, it's very, very good narrative building. Um, while like not just keeping the audience in the dark, you know, and like lying to the audience. Um, 
or like just omitting everything, you know, cause like you can do that, but like, it's not as impactful. I feel like where yeah. like the, the transparency is there and like the supposed honesty between Diane and her dad is there. So like, there's never really any doubt in your mind as, as the audience, uh, you know, that he's innocent, you know, until she finds the cash. Um, yeah. Which yeah, it's just, again, really, really well done. And it's built up so well. Agreed. <clears throat> I think one scene that's like, it's heartbreaking and you feel for the dad. And again, a credit to the writing uh, and emotional impact these characters have is the scene where uh, her dad, John Mahoney, is looking at buying luggage and you know, he's yeah. a single dad and, and the ladies like, they kind of have like a spark, like a little bit of chemistry. And then he goes to give her a credit card and it comes declined. And then she's, he's kind of embarrassed, which is funny. And like, she, she like all the attraction level kind of goes down, which is kind of superficial, but also it's, again, it's embarrassing. It's just like, mm-hmm. and then she has to take the card and he's like, well, now just keep it. Like that scene is like heartbreaking. And then you see the next scene is him in like the bathroom in the bathtub. Like, Oh fuck. Like this is which real. Is, yeah. Which is also like, um, kind of leads you to believe that he's innocent because if he was like stealing all this money, he shouldn't have these, you know, uh, like credit problems or whatever, you know? Um, but like, again, like I think it's, it's really well done. Um, yeah, I think it's implied through the, the revelation at the end that he is actually committing crimes that like he's probably or his credit has probably been shut off by the IRS. Yeah. Um, yeah. which throws all his assets. Yeah. Which isn't, isn't clear until you find out that he's actually guilty. So again, you're kind of learning these things, um, through the lens of this, like honesty, you know, that him and his daughter have had between each other. And it's just difficult to, believe that he is guilty of of uh you know anything yeah it's so, wild yeah, just well well done yeah yeah agreed um yeah i mean it's it's very impactful it's very emotional and it's just again i've seen this movie probably at least five times and i mean i i, I watched it trying to think when the first time I saw it I probably saw it hmm, I wonder if I saw it I've, I've, I've like at least five years ago is when I first mm-hmm. watched it at least maybe ten um, and I've just I've loved it ever since it's just it's a really good movie I'm glad we watched it um, it you know it, it made a good amount of money um, it made a good amount of money at the box office it uh it's it's iconic it's a good romantic comedy it's got all the all the tropes but it's done so well uh i think i don't know i'm i'm glad i'm glad we watched it i'm glad we watched all these rom-coms but i'm honestly ready to move on 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> like I can't I can't wait to move on. Um Yeah. Um what was your favorite that we watched? Probably when Harry met Sally. That's like I'm same same boat as you. That's number one. Then this is number two. And then I didn't care for Dirty Dancing or Sixteen Candles, really. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm glad you hadn't seen any of them, right? No, I hadn't seen any of these. Yeah, that's so, yeah, pretty cool. Was, I like it. It was interesting for me. Um, yeah, normally this is a genre that I avoid at all costs. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice to actually watch... You know, some that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and then, like, at least see, you know, the other two that are also, you know, very culturally important. Um, I can say that I've seen them. I don't have to ever again, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, glad I watched all of these. But, Me too. Um, yeah, I'm ready to get back into some more uh, action and uh, comedy and other stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, we're men. We want action. Yeah. We want it. It's the <laughs> 80s. There's like... It's an abundance of action. It's Yeah, there's an overflowing abundance of action. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what, March, uh, we've got... No, uh, hopefully no we, theme for March, um, yeah, but no, we've no got good, good stuff coming up. Um, yeah. I think it, some of our, well, I think your favorite Bond movie will be coming up in a couple weeks. I'm pretty sure it's your favorite. Uh, like of the 80s? Yes. License to Kill? Is that? Yeah. I mean, it's super dope. I, I love it. <laughs> I don't know if it's it's. I feel like it's a tie between that and a View to a Kill, for eighties eighties Bond movies. Oh, I forgot you. Yeah, View to a Kill, you like a lot too. I love that movie. Yeah, Freaking View to a Kill Max is Zorn. um, yeah, Christopher Walken, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, one too. Um, Duran Duran. Well, that'll be on the list. Yeah, I love that Bond song. <laughs> so um, so eighties too. Duran Duran, just in general, super eighties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for License to Kill though. I'm I'm excited for that. We've got yeah, some good I, movies on the docket for sure. I don't know if I've ever seen License to Kill, so that'll be interesting. What? Yeah, I'm. No uh, I'm trying to remember which one it is. T. Doll, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, I have not watched that one. Benicio sure. Young, very, like one of Benicio del Toro's first roles. But we'll get into yeah. it when we watch it yeah. because I've got a lot to say in that movie. I freaking love that movie. Yeah, and next week is Midnight Run, which I have also not seen. Uh, I love that movie. I'm um, ready for movies I haven't seen though. Again, I want to. I want to get into that. More, actually, I but. haven't seen the next three. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. we're in for a treat, people. Because I've. Yeah. I think I've. I think I've seen all the ones for March that we want to do. But. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely. Uh, be back with some more entertaining movies. <laughs> Not that yeah. these weren't, but like more <laughs> fun movies to us. Yeah. So maybe you guys let us know uh, next week. And thanks mm-hmm. for listening. Yeah. And if anybody has suggestions, DM us or, uh, you know, send us uh, 
leave a comment on you know the episode posts or whatever and tell us what you want us to watch from the yeah. 80s. We're all open to that. We we don't have a set schedule, so we just kind of going by the seat of our pants. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. See you next week.